0: I know many liars doing very well these days, making out airline schedules. Mr. Bull A date which
1: will live in infamy.
0: And the cake business, Mr. Bowdfoot, long enough for know a crumb
1: when I see one. Time now for Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. Here with all his skips, scratches, and pops is my dad, Frank Faccarello. Thanks, sweetie, and thank you for tuning into episode 125 of Spinning My Dad's Vinyl. We actually heard this band leader's orchestra in the last episode. I guess I wasn't paying attention when I scheduled them. But this time there is no famous lead singer fronting these musicians. It's all instrumental, and it's from a popular movie musical. So, get ready for Cole Porter Broadway music rearranged for the big screen, then rearranged for this album in volume 125, Riddle Can Can. It's the Nelson Riddle Orchestra with It's Alright With Me, written by Cole Porter for the Broadway musical Can-Can and arranged by Nelson Riddle as all of the music on this album was. Okay, why this record for this episode? Well, the Nelson Riddle Orchestra was one of the main bands backing my dad's favorite singer, Frank Sinatra. This album has the orchestra front and center with no vocals and you can hear the lush instrumentation, arrangements, and talented musicians. The front cover is also noticeable due to the three female dancers in colorful, frilly skirts and fishnet stockings kicking up their heels to the title song's dance. The back cover is also a delightful drawing of several female dancers with shorter skirts and fishnets doing the kick line except for the dancer closest to you has turned her back and is flipping up her skirt. Maybe a precursor to twerking? (laughs) I don't know. All I know is that there is some great music on this record, provocative cover aside. that is, you do something to me. Okay, let me tell you about my dad's vinyl I have chosen for this episode. Nelson Riddle and his orchestra, Can Can. It's on the Capitol Records label, number T1365. It's a vinyl LP album format, was released in 1960. Its genre is pop, stage, and screen. And we will be hearing seven of the 12 songs on this album. Now there's a fair amount of liner notes, so I will just pick a few. The gaudy gaiety of Parisian nightlife at the turn of the century is captured in the motion picture Can Can. This adaptation of Cole Porter's glittering Broadway musical stars Frank Sinatra, Shirley MacLaine, Maurice Chevalier, Louis Jordan, and Juliette Proust. Another star, certainly although he isn't visible on the screen, is Nelson Riddle, who arranged and conducted the music for the soundtrack. In this album, Mr. Riddle has turned once more to the music of Can-Can and arranged it all over again, this time for dancers and for the many listeners who have enjoyed his other Capital albums done in the same bright-sounding, smoothly-swinging manner. The Riddle arrangements in this album called for two different orchestras, each having a distinctive sound. Some of the selections feature a full big band complement of brass, reeds, and strings. In the others, the strings predominate, highlighted with some inventive solo passages by other instruments. No matter which group is playing, the moods and tempos are varied and are all perfect for dancing and Cole Porter fans, a group that must be synonymous with everybody, are sure to be delighted with the fresh, riddled approach to these wonderful songs. Okay, let's see what prices this record is being sold at on Discogs.com. $15 for the highest, $4.38 for the lowest, for a $10.09 average and a $10.00 median. It was last sold on June 26, 2022 for $4.38 or actually £3.99. I found a few on eBay for $15 to $20 and I found a few copies on Amazon from $9 to $30. Now my dad's record is in poor condition. There's lots of crackling and at least one song I couldn't play at all because of a bad skip. The album shows lots of wear, and it was most likely a favorite on the Automatic Changer in the early 1960s. The cover is in fair to poor condition. There's a small tear on the bottom. He has his address label on the front, which covers the address label from the old house we moved out of in 1964, and the word posted is stamped on the back along with that green magic marker streak. So I will value my dad's vinyl at a buck. now. A tune that Al Hurt played on a previous episode of this show, but with just a slightly different feel to it. Do it, let's fall in love. And now let's learn a little about this band leader who fronted so many great vocalists. Nelson Smock Riddle Jr., Born June 1, 1921, was an American arranger, composer, bandleader, and orchestrator whose career stretched from the late 1940s to the mid-1980s. He worked with many world-famous vocalists at Capitol Records, including Frank Sinatra, Ella Fitzgerald, Nat King Cole, Judy Garland, Dean Martin, Peggy Lee, Johnny Mathis, Rosemary Clooney, and Keeley Smith. He scored and arranged music for many films and television shows, earning an Academy Award and three Grammy Awards. He found commercial and critical success with a new generation in the 1980s in a trio of platinum albums with Linda Ronstadt, and will develop that relationship a little bit later. Following his father's interest in music, he began taking piano lessons at age 8 and trombone lessons at age 14. He was encouraged to continue his musical pursuits at Ridgewood High School in New Jersey. By his teenage years, Riddle had decided to become a professional musician. Quote, I wanted to be a jazz trombone player, but I didn't have the coordination, unquote. So he began to turn to composing and arranging. Riddle traveled to Chicago to join Tommy Dorsey's orchestra in 1944, where he remained the orchestra's third trombone for 11 months until drafted by the Army in April 1945, shortly before the end of World War II. He was discharged in June 1946 after 15 months of active duty. He moved shortly thereafter to Hollywood to pursue a career as an arranger and spent the next several years writing arrangements for multiple radio and record projects. In May 1949, Doris Day had a number 2 hit, again backed by Riddle. In 1950, Riddle was hired by composer Les Baxter to write arrangements for a recording session with Nat King Cole. This was one of Riddle's first associations with Capitol Records. Although one of the songs Riddle had arranged, Mona Lisa, soon became the biggest-selling single of Cole's career, the work was credited to Baxter. However, once Cole learned the identity of the arrangement's creator, he sought out Riddle's work for other sessions and thus began a fruitful partnership that furthered the careers of both men at Capitol. In 1953, Capitol Records executives viewed the up-and-coming Riddle as a prime choice to arrange for Frank Sinatra. Sinatra was reluctant, however, preferring instead to remain with Axel Stordahl, his longtime collaborator from his Columbia record years. When success of the first few Capitol sides with Stordahl proved disappointing, Sinatra eventually relented and Riddle was called in to arrange his first session for Sinatra, held on April 30, 1953. The first product of the Riddle-Sinatra partnership, I've Got the World on a String, became a runaway hit and is often credited with relaunching the singer's slumping career. For the next decade, Riddle continued to arrange for Sinatra and Cole, in addition to such capital artists as Kate Smith, Judy Garland, Dean Martin, Keeley Smith, Sue Rainey, and Ed Townsend. He also found time to record his own instrumental discs, released on Capitol in both 45 RPM single and LP album format. In the latter half of the 1960s, the partnership between Riddle and Frank Sinatra grew more distant as Sinatra began increasingly to turn to Don Costa, Billy May, and an assortment of other arrangers for his album projects. Although Riddle would write various arrangements for Sinatra until the late 1970s, Strangers in the Night, released in 1966, was the last full album project the pair completed together. On October 6, 1985, Riddle died in Los Angeles at Cedar sinai Medical Center at the age of 64 of cardiac and kidney failure as a result of cirrhosis, with which he had been diagnosed five years earlier. Yep, he just had one of those lives. <music> just one of those things. Time now for this episode's interesting side note, and it has to do with when Riddle wrote for Ronstadt. This is excerpts from When Riddle and Ronstadt Made Beautiful Music Together, posted on January 13, 2021 by Martin Oaks Cemetery and Crematory. I'll drop the link of the full article in this episode's liner notes. Who is Linda Ronstadt? That was the question Grammy, Oscar, and Emmy-winning arranger Nelson Riddle asked when he hung up the phone after a conversation with Peter Asher, Ronstadt's manager. It was May of 1982, and Riddle was no longer at the top of his game. His best years, those times when he and Frank Sinatra are recording that one critic termed forever music, were in the rear view. He was disconnected from the current scene. Riddle was occupied with writing for films and television, but work was starting to become scarce. Still, it's difficult to fathom Anyone in the record world could be so detached that they were unaware of Linda Ronstadt. She was at the pinnacle of a triumphant rock career. Ronstadt, an embodiment of 80s liberation, was never a conventional performer. During her rock years, she would incorporate seemingly discordant country covers of Patsy Cline, Dolly Parton, and Hank Williams into her records and concerts. The mix fit seamlessly. Now Ronstadt wanted to record music from the great American songbook, material by Irving Berlin, Sammy Kahn, and the Gershwins. Ronstadt's father played this genre at home when she was growing up. He had, she said, an infallible ear for great melody. Who better than Nelson Riddle? Quote, I would have sold out my best friend to figure out a way to get into the studio with Nelson, Ronstadt said. Asher called Riddle and a meeting was arranged. Riddle knew how to write charts for the standards. He knew even more about how record deals were negotiated. Asher proposed that Riddle work on a song or two for Ronstadt, but the arranger rejected that. A few songs might end up lost on an album, surrounded by the works of others. Riddle told Asher and Ronstadt that he did not write arrangements, he wrote albums. According to Peter J. Levinson, in his definitive biography of Riddle, September in the Rain, the collaboration which produced the nine-song album, What's New, required numerous demanding takes. I've always sung in a less disciplined style than these songs require, Ron Stant commented. Quote, your phrasing has got to be perfect, and I think phrasing has always been my biggest problem, unquote. The process went on from June 30th, 1982 until March 4, 1983. The final product topped $5 million in sales, yielded a Grammy Award for Riddle, and was universally lauded by critics. And my dad does have that album in his collection. Two more productions followed, Lush Life and For Sentimental Reasons, both netted millions in sales, positive reviews, tours, and awards. And now for two very French songs. Spinning my dad's vinyl. was I Love Paris, and before that we heard C'est Magnifique, which has a MASH connection. Those familiar with my show know how much of a TV show MASH fan I am, and I love all the connections I find between this music and that show. This connection comes from my favorite episode, Season 5, Episode 22, called Movie Tonight, It's part of the mess tent movie night when the film projector keeps breaking down so they entertain each other with skits and songs. At one point, Major Houlihan is asked to perform by Hawkeye. When she tells Father Mulcahy at the piano to hit it, he asks, hit what? And she replies, anything. The Padre hits a chord and Hot Lips launches into say magnifique, with Hawkeye adding what are probably rude French terms between lines. This time, the projector is fixed before the end of the song but Margaret keeps singing in front of the screen with the movie playing in the background. The crowd starts telling her to be quiet and to sit down, even throwing popcorn at her, but she finishes the song before she heads back to her seat. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. My dad only had this one Nelson Riddle record, but we hear his genius on so many more from the collection. It was also great to hear music from this popular Broadway show and movie. I can't say I ever remember my dad pulling out this specific record, but I can tell he played it plenty during his lifetime. Okay, let's finish with the title track, which doesn't sound anything like the song I was expecting. Well, can you? It's the Can-Can. And there you have selections from one of the greatest arrangers from the mid to latter half of the 20th century. So thanks for tuning into Volume 125, Riddle Can-Can, however you do. If you want more information about this show, head over to spinningmydadsvinyl.com. I'll be back next week with all my skips, scratches, and pops for Volume 126, Live Jonah. Until then, go with the flow, my friends.